plans for a pond which we will endeavor to centralize and showcase stories and information related to the lifting of historical and non-historical stones and the ongoing development and re-emergence of stone lifting culture. Welcome to episode 9 of the Stones of Strength podcast. We have an awesome episode today with Dr. Bill Crawford, but before we get into the episode, we wanted to go over some of the recent happenings in the community. So there's a couple neat things that have come out from actually a couple of our previous guests. Ryan Stewart has dropped a bomb on Canadian stone lifting. He has done a ton of research over a period of years and just released all that research to the public. Uh, there's a great article on Old Man of the Stones where you can go check it out, but I won't give out too many details because I want you to be able to go and read it for yourself, but it's respect to some historical lifting stones, some old old historical lifting stones way, way up in the Canadian North. So really, really exciting awesome. stuff. And yeah, and as well, Sean Urquhart has been doing a series. He's done the last couple weeks. It's been two or three weeks so yeah. far. And it's called We Search Wednesday. And Sean is a fantastic researcher. And he is sharing just a wealth of information that he's found of all sorts of different lifting styles, locations, and historical content. So both of you gentlemen, thank you so much for everything you do for the stone lifting community. You put so much time in. And so releasing this information to all of us is just fantastic. So thank you, gentlemen. Speaking of putting a lot into the stone lifting community, so Maximum Iron Stone Lifting Magazine will be coming out in the next couple of months. For those of you who weren't lucky enough to get in on the limited edition pre-sale, the full magazine should be available for purchase in the next couple of months, and it's going to be awesome. I'm very, very excited. I was actually fortunate enough to be able to author an article for the magazine, so keep your eyes out for some juicy content from yours truly. Uh, In addition, speaking of juicy content... Maximum Iron is also still working on their stone lifting documentary called Stones, The Rise, Fall, and Rise Again of Scottish Stone Lifting, uh, which again is one of those things that's just going to light the stone lifting community on fire in a very good way and just further the passion that so many of us have for this incredible endeavor. So... With regards to passion and stone lifting, uh, our guest is someone who probably ranks up there with one of the most, you know, some of the most passionate stone lifters in the world. He is Dr. Bill Crawford, and many of you will be familiar with him and some of his work lifting stones through the Rogue Fitness documentary Stoneland. Um, but things that I did not know, and many of you probably didn't know, is that. Dr. Bill Crawford was actually part of the foundational team that has sort of precipitated this resurgence of finding and reviving historical stones and tests of strength. Uh, He teamed up with the likes of Peter Martin Sr., Peter Martin Jr., Martin Jancis, Steve Jack, David Webster, just to name a few, and was really part of that initial surge to go out and find and recover these lost strength relics. Uh, during this episode, we talk about some of his, his work in finding and recovering some of these stones and the various locations where he has done so. And uh, it was really just a very, very insightful, awesome, awesome time chatting with him. We we're very fortunate that he shared his time with us, and we know you're all going to enjoy it. So without further ado, our guest for episode nine, Dr. Bill Crawford. All right, Dr. Bill Crawford, welcome to the Stones of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Awesome. No, it's a pleasure to have you. And I mean, you'll be a familiar face for anyone whose entrance into this uh, awesome world of stone lifting has been via the rogue documentary Stoneland, which you had a, a fairly prominent role in. But for those yeah. who are unfamiliar with you or unfamiliar with you and your story outside of your involvement in that documentary. So who is Dr. Bill Crawford and how did he become Dr. Bill Crawford, uh, the stone lifter? Um, so I, um, Basically, grew up being told I was Scottish, which I am, uh, and uh, 
Um, so, uh, and we went to Highland Games as a kid. And no matter what I did as an athlete, um, even as a weightlifter, I made uh, national caliber uh, in uh, Olympic lifting, weightlifting, uh, and powerlifting. Played football in college. I was a state champion wrestler. Did all these things, but it never was Highland Games. And that's all I heard. It's not. It's not Highland Games. You're not a heavy. And we would go to you know go to Highland Games when I was a kid. And then eventually, you know, uh, got out of weightlifting and start. You know, went through medical school and then uh, started doing Highland Games uh, right after medical school. And I met my poor wife, who has been very supportive. And through Highland Games, I met uh, different people who were stone lifters. Um, Steve Jack. Uh, he actually we actually trained at the same gym. For a long time with Jack King, uh, who was my mentor, my weightlifting coach. Uh, he, Bill Starr was like his best friend. I'm throwing names around, but that's just, you know, these, these are the guys I was around. And uh, Steve wrote his book of Stones and Strength, right? And in that book, because I'd moved to New England, uh, for, you know, for residency, and I ended up working there for a number of years. Um, there were uh, all the guys from of Stones and Strength, uh, uh John Lundstrom, uh, Eric Savay, Robert Troop. I still talk to the Robert Troop several times a week, and um, and then so got into stone lifting, and then you know then through uh, Highland Games, I met I met David Webster, wow. which that puts that puts the garden hose in your mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we would go we would go on uh, we would go on stone lifting tours, and uh, he would drive me around Scotland. Um, and we would we would search for stones and and uh, kind of the Fianna stone was somewhat it wasn't lost but we were we struggled to find it. We found the the the, uh, the blue stones of Old Daly shackled to the side of an old kirk. Um, you know, and uh, so there were there was a lot of discovery inside of that. And uh, Peter Martin Senior, who was uh, who also wrote the book with Steve Jack, got involved. And Peter Martin Junior then got involved, and through him I met Martin Jancis, and so all this web of all you know all these guys we kind of find each other and uh went on this quest to find all these stones and it was so exciting to go around and find stones in scotland you know uh doing research and and going through that and in the meantime through uh highland games a uh, good friend uh peter goodmanson uh who's a uh, uh olympic shot putter great uh highland games competitor like one of the top guys for a long time and then my other friend magnus from magnuson I recognize yeah. that. Most people are in that <laughs> yeah. He and I grew up, uh, you know, he and I, uh, you know, in competitive days and, and just sort of going through that process. And he actually helped me, he and Peter helped me find stones in Iceland. Mm -hmm. And then just me driving around, knocking on doors. It was, people were looking at me like, what are you doing? You right. know, like, why is this American knocking on the doors and trying to find these stones? But, you know, we we uh, nailed down. You know where the Dritvik stones were. Oh, really? Um, now there's a parking there's a parking lot and a, a whole like, you know, a, a, a place a placard next to the Dritvik stones, and right around the corner in, in a place called Grandefjorder is a, uh, is, a, is the Dritvik stones on the Snæfellsnes Peninsula in Iceland, and so uh, made good friends with uh, sort of the local guide there. My son actually went and lived with them about two years ago for the summer work construction in uh, Reykjavik. Cool, cool. Uh, so, yeah, um, he himself actually, and I don't know if Ryan told you, my son was, you know, only 18 when he lifted the, he lifted the, uh, the Husfeld stone, carried it about 25 feet yeah, and lifted that. the Denny stone back there at age 19. So he's steeped in this yeah. also. But um, so we made, we made all these connections and started finding all these stones and that's kind of, um, and inside of that, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Milo, sure. right? Um, 
Iron Mind's great. Uh, it was the premier strength strength uh, uh, publication for years. And uh, through Milo, uh, I was able to write about a lot of stones and uncover a lot of these stone lifting trips. Um, and we it just continued on as a passion and a journey. And just uh, I was really bitten by it. And uh, all along, still doing some, you know, still doing some strong man and, and a lot of Highland Game stuff. But it, it complimented all of it so well. It wasn't. Um, and people talk about traditional Highland games. You know, they think about uh, stone putting and weight to weight tossing cabers. But in, in real traditional Highland games, there's actually, you know, stone lifting was originally part of that as well. Um, so that was obviously, you know, a big part of that. That's why there's such a culture and a history there. Right. Uh, yeah. But that's that's kind of how I got to it uh, through other people. Um, was able to uh, really say, wait a minute, there must be other things and, and stones to find and uh, kind of linked in with those guys. Um, and Peter Martin Jr., unfortunately, as you know, he, he died several years ago, but he was doing some unbelievable research. Uh, and I've got stacks and stacks of paper, papers that he's, you know, he was writing about, you know, things about coffin roads. Right. I don't know if anybody guys are familiar with yeah. those, but coffin Absolutely. roads and we were we were driving out to places where you know it was basically you know these you know these Gaelic speakers out in Scotland you know and just this constant this constant search this constant search for these stones and I kept telling people in, in Ireland particularly Stevie Shanks uh, you know dear Stevie Shanks uh, you know Jack's son everybody knows uh, Stevie and Jack this super legends in stone lifting and I said there are, there are stones in, in Ireland. Keep pushing, just like in Iceland, you know. We just there's more stones than just the Husafell stone, and then the Drifik stones, and then the you know all those other stones that we that we're able to kind of unearth and find and kind of resurrect, mm -hmm. so to say, just like David finding the Denny stones to pull out of the River right. D. Yeah, you know that whole story you saw in Stoneland, where David's next to the River D. Actually, I've got a video clip of him from like back in the '90s, and it's a crappy old VHS thing. David explaining the same story to me, and uh, you know, there's actually more to it. Uh, if you guys care to care, you know, care to hear about that, but absolutely, yeah. So I was able, able to, you know, I was able to really get, you know, on the on the on the foundational layer with the the main people that do these kind of. You're things. one of the original Avengers. I guess. I guess. <laughs> just, you know what? You know what is gratifying is that that uh, for years and years I was just a, some crazy guy that liked to lift stones and. You know, you don't, there's not a lot of uh, hoopla around it. Right. You know, like Steve Beck said, you know, basically between the millipedes and the squirrels, that's your audience. <laughs> you know, that's hilarious. You're out, you're out rolling around these stones. and uh, But anybody to me who, especially later on, we started getting video capability, uh, anyone who has the courage to, you know, video themselves doing it or document it and tell people if you, if you, if you failed or if you uh, succeeded by those standards. But I think if you've trained and you've gone to these places, the journey is the success. Right. For sure. You, you become stronger and, and better because of that. So if you're, if you're doing that, you have been successful. For sure. You know, I think that's what I, I try to impress upon people. So share your results with other people. Um, and you probably, if you can go to YouTube, uh, you know, years ago, it was, there was all this discussion about is there is anyone actually carried the stone that's documented by video at Husafell? Right? 
So I said, that's a good, that's a good question. And, and I wasn't able to find that. So I trained up and I went there and did a full circuit carry and uh, handed it over to, uh, to Randall Strassen. And Randall put it on, his, uh, on the Iron Mind website and uh, it went, quote, viral. 400,000 views in one month. <laughs> Today sounds like there are people that do that, that kind of, that yeah, kind yeah. of click in like, you know, uh, a minute. Yeah. But this was, sure. you got to realize this is when the, that kind of thing first started. And that's and a we specific were audience, right? Yeah, a very specific audience. Yeah. Stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, but it was, that took a month to, to pull together, but it was, uh, uh, that was fun. You know, that was to, to kind of be a part of that. And then just keep the journey going and just, just talking to the right people and just and keep going back and back and back to the same places and learning and learning and, and getting the people around those areas to, to, to discover their own heritage. Like, uh, you know, before you just go to Husafel and you knock on the door and, you know, Jan Paul would come stick his head out the door and say, hey, you know, I'm here to lift the stone. And he's like, okay, don't be too loud. I'm, you know, you know something, the horses or something. <laughs> yeah. And you'd go out and the, you'd go over and there's the stone lying there. Now there's a plaque. They built a hotel near there. You know, Jan Paul's got like a whole, you know, he's, he's done so much around the area. He's kind of buffed up the place. And so it really turned into like a, it just kept going. Uh then people sort of started to recognize and, and identify with it. Used to the Denny's, you know, now they're like, you know, they, they moved for a while for the games. It was just on stolen. We brought them back to the Patar Cartel, but we had a, uh, we had the ability to uh, get them back over there. Now they're kind of chained up and stuff. Used to, they used to just sit on the front porch of the old Patark Inn and you just drag them out on the gravel and lift them and drag them back over. Yeah. Right. That yeah. was it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to it. <laughs> And uh, when I the first time I got to him, uh, it's, David took me to it. I was with uh, Gordon Denny, okay, uh, who yeah. actually made the replicas, right? Right. right. And, yeah. uh, so Gordon was like uh, he, you know, he was he was pretty convinced that uh, um, that uh, there hadn't been more than ten guys that had lifted them actually barehanded. Um, there was a lot of hearsay, but actual picture and some witnessing. So I, I think David, I think David Webster and Gordon Denny were probably good people to witness you lifting the stones. I would think so. I would yeah. say. <laughs> so, uh, so I lifted them. And, uh, so I walked and so I, I, I did them. I just walked over and like farmer carry lifted them and they were like, you know, there's another style. I'm like, well, what's that? And so you straddle them. I'm like, Oh, like, like Jack Shanks in the book. I'm like, yeah. So. So the next time I went, I got some Scottish guys to kind of show me that technique, and, yeah. uh, which is the better way to lift them, I think. So, so you did side by side your first time? Yeah. Wow. Because that is a, that's a more challenging lift. Well, it was it was funny because the uh, um, you know you you lift the smaller one and then the bigger one kind of comes up. Right. Not not so much. <laughs> you have to really <laughs> you have to really lean and fight that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was. You know, I stood up with them for you know a couple of seconds and put them back down. And I thought, okay, that's that was that was pretty challenging. Um, and I was doing Highland Games at the time, so right. uh, and then, but I hadn't really pushed myself to get really good at it and hold mm -hmm. them for time or try to carry them for a few feet, which I did one time. Um, but it, you know, it does. It is it is a process. So going back to the stones and then learning the history. You know, uh, Castle Mingus Stone, the Fianna Stone, the mm -hmm. Clock of Fianna, that whole story behind that. It's amazing. We, we were there a year, just over a year ago, we went to Scotland. Yeah. That was our first stone tour, and it's just absolutely incredible. 
Yeah, Clock Napiana's got a ton of history. I found from that uh, geologists went there and thinks that, or you know, his you know, uh, I'm sorry, archaeologists, and they feel that that stone's probably been there 1,500 years or more, maybe 2,000. Now, what would make them say that? That's fascinating. Uh, just the the uh, the plinth that was sat on and, and the, the burial the, probably yeah how much how, the, how, how much uh, yeah because the plinth is just like six inches tall now right? Yeah, right yeah and how long would that have taken um and uh, sort of the whole history behind it and mm-hmm. uh, but I, I have a theory about what the Fiona stone actually is it was probably a Pictish stone and it looks quite uh, it was part of some fertility rite because right. when you look at the shape it, of at it. A right angle, looks like yeah. a, it's got a specific know, form it looks like a dog yeah many it's people listening belly. are probably <laughs> first time I, thought, yeah. I looked at it i was like well that looks like a <laughs> that's a technical you know, term yeah. i'm just saying yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure no we agree we we lifted well, it and then, and then have that. that's interesting about that stone is it's composed of dolerite which is not um like a native material to the area where you know to no, the line. so it was brought no. there from somewhere else so it clearly had significance or, or it was, uh, or it was a, or you know, a glacier possibly. But I think it was, I think it was probably brought there. And that's why I would say yeah. it's probably, you know, like a picked stone was it some kind of right, and it just happened to f- end up there. Yeah. And you guys are familiar with the Fiona, the Fiona history a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a little bit for so sure. Yeah, you have to be able to carry, you know, carry, lift the stone, put it on a plinth, uh, run under a sword without breaking your stride. Yep. That, that's being held at chest height and also jump your the width of your kilt about eight feet. Yep. Whether that's true or not, there were there were some other things too. You were supposed to be able to uh, recite a poem while running full speed and some other things that I don't you know they probably got added on. Just yeah. like uh, you know, Fion was actually a guy named Fion Macul. Yeah. Who, yeah. You know the and he, he what we call now Finn Macul. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he I'm so this real guy yeah. turned into a yeah. giant. Yeah. Know? So that's the beauty of this too. Is what are the what's the real history? For sure, it's fascinating. Even just there's there's a gigantic tree as you're familiar with that's right next to that stone, and that tree itself captivated me. Like there, it's so old that the tree itself actually has picked up stones. They're embedded into the trunk of the tree. They've grown into it and been lifted up by the tree. So even the tree's lifting stones. It's wild. (laughs) It might have been. Yeah, that's a good point. It might have even been there for. And even you know a longer period of time uh, than uh, the two thousand years. So I'm right that because that tree is ancient. That tree is a minimum of five hundred years old. Well, that's what I'd be curious about too, because I would have to imagine, and this is just me spitballing here. But if you're going to put a stone somewhere, you're probably because it would be hard to find. You're probably going to use a tree as a marker, right? It's going to be by that tree. You'd have to imagine maybe, and so you if that tree would probably maybe predate the stone. Yeah, probably so. Uh, actually, um, it was in the in the farmer's barn for about three years, and that did not accept. Stoneless. So that, that took some negotiation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. And you were involved in that. Yeah, to get him to drag it back down. Wow. Absolutely, no question about it. That's yeah. amazing. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Just sort of you know, you're clearly part of the foundational team that brought about an interest in finding and reviving and restoring these historical um, tests of strength. And it's cool. I mean, and I had never really thought about that in, in many ways by you doing so you're actually 
reteaching the locals of the area the significance of these strength artifacts, which they may not have known or clearly not appreciated before, right? The farmer's like, ah, this this is in the way of my sheep. I'm going to go drag it to the barn, not realizing how significant that stone was. It's shocking because uh, um, when you go to Scotland, you talk about the Denny stones, the locals around Patark and Aboy know it. Yeah, and or maybe the Emberstone uh, because now it sits in Braemar at the at the at the game site, but it was uh, Mrs. Richards' house, Mr. And Mrs. Richards' mm-hmm. house, which I met Mr. Richards, and then he he you know uh, he died, and then she lived some years later, uh, June, um, and uh, but you know these the other than that the locals in Scotland really didn't don't know those histories, right. and no, they, uh, they they're becoming much more aware. You know, Castle Mingus, it's become kind of a hot spot. They got people showing up all the time now. The same thing with, so these tours, I, I kind of feel good about that and I feel bad about it because I don't want the the stones to be damaged or in some way you know, uh, some, something to happen to them. So I'm glad that there, that, that there is some understanding and some protect, protection. As a matter of fact, the Husafel stone, you know, they've got a plaque there that tells the history. It's actually illegal to take the stone uh, from the site. Right. Uh, yeah. So when Magnus has his thing, he just keeps it right there. Right. You know? right. Uh, so they've actually the people have gotten involved. But I will say the first time I went to Iceland and I, I uh, stayed at a hotel, I, I kind of went in without telling my friends I was going in case I bonked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying all this stuff about you're like, oh, yeah, you got to be brave and all these things. and Tell everybody what you did, which I eventually did. But um, I just I just snuck in for a weekend and uh Flew in, stayed at a hotel, and I asked, I asked the lady at the desk. I, she said, "You know, so what are you here for?" And I said, "I'm here for, I'm here for, the, you know, I'm here." She said, "You're a straw man." I said, "Yes," and I, she said, "What are you here for?" I said, "Well, not a competition." She said, "I said the, uh, the stone," and she gave me directions. We never said the word Husafel. She knew. No kidding, she hey. Knew. Is she that never gave? She never. Awesome. We never said the word Husafel. She. I said the stone, and she was like, you know, I was. Oh. This was some years ago, which, you know, she was, I'd say probably, you know, she had to be in her 60s at the time, you know, and she, she knew where the stone was. Right. What, what year would this have been? Uh, this was uh, early 2000s. Okay. okay. And, and then so in the 2008, uh, went uh, Peter Goodmanson uh, arranged for Icelandic television to follow us around and shoot a documentary. And so we got uh, these big four by four trucks and we drove all over Iceland with this crew and uh, some stone lifters, Roger, uh, Roger Davis uh, and uh, um, a guy named Tony from Scotland, um, some other guys. Uh, Stefan Solvi Peterson went with us uh, with Peter Goodmanson and uh, we, we drove around and lifted these stones and uh, and some of the and we just we just reimagined, you know, found. Uh, you know where the you know Peter knew where the where the Lauterbeck stones were, and down the beach are two other stones, the uh, Judas Stein and also the Brynjolfsdok, and that was what we we got all that together with the help of Magnus. So it was kind of a collective thing there. Uh, but you know, uh, having gone to Husafell and and then gotten you know gotten some information there, and we just kept building this information. Um, just to let you know, in the last six months, there was a stone that was thought to be lost. I'd heard about this stone that had been used as an anvil for a blacksmith on the northern coast, and it was unliftable. So someone found it, and for sure it had been used as an anvil, and rolled it out of the ocean, 
out of a fjord. No, it's just feet and weighs about four hundred pounds, so it is a liftable stone. Oh yeah. So they're still out there. And there's another stone called the black stone, uh, which is in in Iceland, but they, it's on an island that you can only get to certain times of year. So there's still a lot of there's still a lot of searching that can yeah. be done. Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you look at what David Kilwin's doing in Ireland, similar to how you had said to Stevie Shanks, like there has to be liftable stones in Ireland. And you start to sort of pick away and then create a bit of inertia. And now he's got people that are messaging him weekly saying, there's one in my county and there's one at this crossroads and there's one here. And now just this year, 21 stones were found in Ireland. That, that's how it starts. That's yeah. how it starts. You know, uh, the, the pewter rock and the pewter rock and, and, uh, and Balquitter, you know, that was all, you know, you get there and I was like, okay, you got a plant. Here's yeah. the spot. Right. Where's the stone? Right. Yeah. And then you go and it's, we're like, well, somebody must have taken it. And then Peter Martin called me back and says, I got the idea to kind of search around. And sure enough, it was just, it had been rolled over in the bushes because it was a, it was a pasture. It was a pasture. Right. For sure. yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to, you don't want a horse or a, or a no. sheep to twist, twist their ankles on a large stone. No, sure. No. So it was rolled over to the side and he said, it has to be it. And the first time I saw it, I'm like, hey, this is it. There's no question. You know, because they, they said it weighed a little over 100 kilos and kind of the general shape, you know. Um, so that's the, that was definitely a clock at fear, a manhunt. Okay. Yeah. No, go, go ahead, man. Was, this I, is awesome. I have a, a, a question for you, and this is one that your perspective, even on like a global scale, will, will be quite unique on. Because you kind of came in at the ground level and were part of the initial push that has created this insane global momentum around stone lifting and just this this now you know renewed appreciation how do you feel about it seeing now that you know there's just new stone lifters weekly monthly people doing stone tours new stones being found like it's there's a buzz around stone lifting at least in the circles that we run in which sure. might be a bit specific but um it seems like just this past year like stone lifting has really just hit the map in a real big way well, it, it's it's gratifying to say I wasn't crazy, um, <laughs> uh, because you know going around the, uh, and going around to all these places and flying places, and again, my very uh, beautiful and tolerant wife, uh, you know, was was able to you know she you know small children in the house, and she'd say, "Go ahead." She she knew I was just itching. I call it stone crazy. Yeah, sure, I yeah. feel that. You you you're gonna go, and when you get there, you can't focus. You know, people are talking and chatting, and you're you're just dialed in, man. You're just stone crazy. Some people That's get that feeling it. for a different kind of rock. So I'm glad that we. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel I feel like it's I feel like it's great. I feel like it's great that people are getting yeah. uh, people are getting involved. Um, uh, Steve Jack's Walking Stones. Uh, Steve died a few years ago, uh, 2018, just a few months before Terry did. Terry Todd. Um, but Steve's, uh, 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 the Jackstones, the kind of like smaller Denny replicas are in my garage and, uh, they're going to be carried. I've been taking the Highland games to be carried, but, uh, and, you know, reverence to Steve, but they're going to be carried by the women, uh, yeah. at the, in the Arnold, in Arnold, uh, Strongman Classic. Oh, great. Fantastic. And so that one weighs, uh, 206 and, uh, 219. So it's a 430 pound carry, which it gives us a chance to, you know, expand into, into women also getting into it can't be an organized sport with natural stones. It could be um, because as you see, some stones become revered by just the different, uh, you know, different people who carry them and lift them. But what I want to, what I want to make sure that everyone emphasizes, it's about the people. The stones themselves are not anything without the people. Then who are the people that have laid their hands on these stones? 
what are the names of these people from you know, ancient times, possibly? You know, the 2,000-year-old stone that, you know, it's engraved. It says, you masked us, lifted this stone. Yeah, right. And, That's uh, too neat. Uh, so, uh, or the son of you masked us, to be yeah. more correct. So, uh, 2,000 years old in Greece. So, it's, you know, who are these people that laid their hands on these stones? And people can actually change their life with lifting these stones. So, let's say you're, um, that's Sweden is another place. So, just in Sweden this year and, and had uh, uh, got Kim Johansson kind of involved. And he's been finding stones in Sweden. Went to his gym, talked to him. He won the grip competition. Just a unbelievable grip. I mean, he plays with he plays with uh, he plays with uh, uh, with uh, inch dumbbells like like baby oh, rattles. Right, eh? Yeah, yeah, good yeah, for him. Man. That's a tough <laughs> lift. He stands there. He just picks one up like a baby toy and just talks to you while he's just and then curls it and puts it up on the rack. It's insane. Bizarre. But he's getting he's getting into the you know the finding those natural stones in Sweden, but. So in Sweden, you could carry a stone and prorate yourself as to how much you'll get paid to, to lift the stone to, right. to be a worker. The Vikings, this is an old Icelander told me this, the Vikings would actually have stones. That's why they come in threes and fours so that you can actually grade someone as to what stone they could lift. Um, I might have written this in the book. I, I think I did, but that I wrote or sometime in, um, in Milo also. But so you could lift either the smallest stone, the Amlothi stone, which would be or full, you know, and then it keeps working up the, you know, sturker, half sturker and full sturker. But so if you lifted certain stones, you would be get closer to the middle of the boat where the draft would be hardest right. to pull of the oars. And therefore, you're there it means you're near the mast. And who stands next to the mast? The chieftain, the Viking mm -hmm. chieftain. Meaning you get the you get more spoils and favor in his ear and you're in council, you're his bodyguard. Maybe you right. marry his daughter. Right. So with lifting a stone, you could change your life. Right. Or you could get paid more or reverence. Yeah. Or you could come in Scotland, you would get that feather in your cap that David talked about. Yeah. Um, that's where that term came from, supposedly. And and you would lift the stone and be able to then step up and be in your and you know, in your clan and, and the worthy person and get the man's portion. Yeah. Or sometimes it was in, in reverence of other people, and you'd be known for that thing, right. you know, lifting that stone, just like in other places. That's why they name those stones. But it's the history of those people. And so every time I laid my hands on these great stones, I always felt the power of those other people. I became greater than I am through that energy that I would get from them. And and I felt that and still feel that. Had yeah. I was like fortunate enough to lift the Denny's last again last year. Yeah. At the gathering and just felt like, you know, that's another amazing thing, you know, seeing all those people there, but just just, just to lay my hands on those rings and I'm like, Wow, you know, still how many people and now there's, you know, all these people that are that are, you know, going and, and lifting these stones. I feel good about it, but I want us to also I never conquered a stone. I never I never became uh, greater than the stone. Right. Felt myself fortunate to be able to go and lift the stone, um, to, or to be among the people who actually lifted those stones. You know, the possibly create the purpose, right? Yeah, it's the people. Yeah. It's the people that uh, give those stones meaning. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, and and to do it in a right way, doing it. You know, if I say it's. You know, Steve and I talked about. Steve Jack and I talked about people that get it. Right. People that lift stones in the right way, you know, that yes, that you're going to be you're going to revere these stones and, and to not try to break them, even though they are just a stone. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, they take on a, a significance to us. 
though you want to revere them because you're revering all those other people who did that and be respectful of that tradition. Right. And that's, that's the one, like I, I absolutely, before I head off here and I apologize, I'm going to have to go off to this point, but I know Dale's going to stick around and thank you for your, for your time. Um, but that's one the problem. I, I love this community so much. That's the only thing that actually irks me is when I see the stones not being treated with respect, people that'll travel great ways and they'll, they'll just drop the stone outright without put, trying to put any effort into setting it down lightly. Or there's one individual who said that he wanted to press the Husafel. And, you know, a few of us had reached out and said, is we'd, we'd all love to see that weight be lifted, but do it with a replica. The Husafel is not meant to be pressed. If you dropped it, like just take the task for what it is, respect that task. And if you can do more, find a different route to doing it. At least that's my point of view. I think it takes away from honoring the tradition of the carry. If you're like, well, I'm so strong, I can press it overhead. We'll press something else overhead. Yeah, it's not a gym implant. Yeah. You know, that's just my, my point of view. But, you know, seeing people travel a long way up to the Strathmore of Durness just to pick it up and then drop that very fragile stone. Like that's where, you know, where we hope that stuff, you know, with, with the social media, with this podcast, that we can reach a wider audience to say, you know what, this stuff's amazing. It's great to see people get involved, but take care of those. Because could you imagine if one generation of people started destroying these stones for the future generation so they couldn't do it? Well, that's the thing. You don't want to be, you don't want to be selfish in this, and this, this is a generational thing. Uh, you know, just like a, you know, a, a history of, uh, of, of stones that, a history of stones that uh, you want to make sure that you preserve, uh, but you, you, you want to do it in the right way. For sure. And, uh, you know, it, but stone lifting is so ancient. Uh, it's stone, stone lifting is so ancient. It does deserve its place among strength. Yes. And it's the, you know, strength training and strength in itself is not just something to get better at another sport to play. Right. Strength training is something. This is something. Right. This is more ancient than, uh, than any sport with a ball. Exactly. This right. is the thing. Yeah. This is the original thing. I, uh, there was, there's a book called Song of the Vikings. That was written by a uh, Nancy Brown. She's a she's a, uh, a PhD who's a professor in Vermont, um, and uh, she thought I was crazy because I, I just called her directly. She picked and I got her secretary and she picked up a line, chatting with her about her book. But I was so enthralled because she she describes uh, the all thingy uh, in uh, in Iceland, and this is a thou over a thousand years ago, and they would gather to uh, to speak the law, make laws. The chieftains would, and uh, to also arrange for marriages, sail and buy land, and then sport. And the two sports they would that they would engage in was uh, horse fighting and stone lifting. Really? So it's over a thousand years ago. So she's found Jeez. evidence that proves it goes back. Like every, we all would guess that it would go back that yeah. far, but she has oh, evidence yeah. of it. You know, and then you look at the you look wow. at the. Uh, you know, the Fianna, the Fianna, these were, these were mercenaries from the Dalraida, which is 1500 years ago. Yeah. And so it, it goes so ancient. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're well fed. We're not, we're not starving to death. We don't work menial right. job. Yeah. You know, everybody's not, you know, uh, you know, you're not overcome with, you know, typhus yeah. and tuberculosis and the black plague. Yeah. We're not just surviving. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I comfortably go to these places and, uh, you know, drink protein powder yeah. and <laughs> lift, lift weights. Yeah. 
And then I go lift them. So if you were to really compare yourself to these guys, you want to do it as close as possible. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, tacky free, natural stones, tacky free. Tacky uh, free. Tacky. Thank you. Yeah. It drives me nuts seeing people tacky up for some of these. Little, I'm, it's I'm okay with a little bit of chalk, but you know, sure. chalk's fine. Uh, you know, yeah. Tacky free and make sure that you're, uh, respecting the stones and to and to do it in the correct way because you know these guys before didn't do it you know well, and, and and I, I mentioned this I think it was on our last podcast but like when we were planning to go to Scotland my you know when I was new to all this even newer than I am now is my thought was you know I'm going to go there and I can you know test myself against these guys of the past that was the original thought but then as we went and did it my mind without even realizing it completely changed. And it, it didn't become about me testing myself against these men of the past. It became me being a part of the history and the tradition. There's no comparison. It's just, I wanted to be involved in it and, and be able to honor it and just to do it. I, I, I lost the urge to compare myself against someone of the past. I just want to do it for myself now. Yeah. Yeah. I hear, I know. And uh, so for a while uh, I've heard people, dominate and all these other dominate and conquer and i'm like no <laughs> knock it off <laughs> yeah that's fair no uh good be reverent respect Absolutely. i'll tell you a story about the about the husafel stone so um um by the way i don't i mean it's probably the first time i've actually said this aloud i don't know if i'm the first person who carried the a full circuit carry with the husafel and lifted the denny's Oh, they're very different. Those are two very different things. Very different things. Yeah. If you can find someone else, um, I'd I'd be happy to hear about it. So the first time I went, I you know everybody wants to carry it with it, kind of that upright V shape, right? And I lifted it, and I and I got probably two thirds the way around, and it just I just didn't have I did I felt like this isn't this isn't my way. Yeah. And I was with Eric Sauvey, who's in the Book of Stones and Strength, and he, we were partners in crime. I can tell you this, too. If you have a good stone lifting partner or training partners and friends, that's the best thing you've got. We do. Don't underestimate that here. at all. Yeah. That's, man, just getting together with some, some dudes and lifting it's some the stones. It's the gold. Yeah. That is the, that, is the, that is the gold in your life. But yeah. anyway, so Eric goes, he said, you know, listen to the stone. It knows more about lifting you itself than, than we do. Right. I like that. I, I, I turned it forty-five degrees, and it was it was a, a more wider angle. I call it the big baby. And if you want, go if you watch the video clips that are on YouTube of me lifting, or any pictures that you may have seen, I, I turned it sideways and allowed me to kind of you know get my arms a little more of a under it and hold it a little bit lower and put it on my solar plexus, allowed me to breathe right right around. You know, probably could have. I definitely could have done more than the lap, but it just. But the point being not, you know, not my strength, the point being the stone talked to me. I, let, I listened to it. I read it. Yeah. I let it give me the, I let it give me its, its, its secret. Yeah. I like that. For me. For sure. And everybody's got a different secret inside that stone, reading that stone. That only comes to maturity of, of, of time, yeah. of being yeah. with stones, yeah. you know, so. You know, you see some uh, you see some guy that shows up, you know, uh, gas to the gills and covered in tacky and grabs it. I'm unimpressed. I amen. Amen is right. Yeah. That's you're unimpressed. defacing it. To be honest, if you use tacky on that historical stone, that's yeah. defacing. Yeah, it. yeah. So I just want to see. I just want to see more of a more of a kind of a reverent 
a way to do it. Yeah, and I'm really sorry. I do got to take off to get my son from skiing. Thank yeah, you. So, thank yeah. you so much for your time, and I'll thank send you a message yes, in a bit here. Thank you, Dr. Crawford. Awesome. Thank you. All right. It's a solo mission now. Okay. Um, no, that's all right. And so, I mean, <clears throat> we sort of talked about um, your your history and your involvement in finding, discovering, lifting stones, being one of the first people to lift some of these stones in recent history and, and helping revive knowledge of these stones with the locals. One of the things, you know, so I, I had become aware of you as part of the, the Rogue Fitness documentary that you had done. But then you, I, I also, in preparation, because I started stone lifting last May and mm-hmm. Kind of David introduced me to it. He was preparing to lift for the Denny stones. And I kind of, you know, how you like you get that itch. Like I tried lifting a stone the first time at his house on a Friday night. At, and I just, I mean, it was like, this is amazing. I need to do more. I'm like, if you're going to Scotland, like I'm coming to, I didn't, I hadn't trained or planned to lift the Denny stones and I didn't attempt them, but I was there to lift go on this tour and lift all these other stones. And in preparation for that, I was just trying to be as much of a sponge as possible. I knew I had a lot of ground to make up in those months to not, I didn't want to fly to Scotland and embarrass myself and not be able to lift these stones. And, um, so one of the things that I did was I, David lent me the book that you had uh, co-authored with Martin, the, uh, which is titled stone lifting an ancient test of strength revived. And that is a, for anyone who hasn't had a chance to read that, it's a fantastic resource, not just about sort of the history of stone lifting, the significance, but the different training techniques you can use in absence of being able to lift these historical stones to prepare for them. Can you kind of talk mm-hmm. to me about the process of writing that book and 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 the sort of tag team uh, that you formed with Martin in doing that? Well, we just we we talked about it, um, and uh, and it, everybody wants to do you know there's there's eight minute abs and there's seven minute abs and there's six minute abs. Everybody right. wants to outdo everybody, and you know I w- we weren't trying to outdo of stones and strength because if if you're at, or David Webster's uh, books, uh, his I've got uh, the small pamphlets that he wrote uh, from 1959. Uh, about Highland Games and it, and it has something on the stones and then his 1973 Highland Games book with Henry Gray and the whole history of the Denny's and the in the Inver and and about stone lifting in Scotland and then the, of stones and strength was the next round. David also includes some stone lifting in his uh, uh, world history of Highland Games, but we just wanted to kind of have a broader reach and a little bit more in depth of yeah. our, our personal experience. But we haven't even we have we didn't talk about basque lifting. We didn't talk about uh, which you know Steve kind of covered some stuff. Uh, you know the um, uh, we just really stuck to Scotland and Iceland. He covered most of Scotland, and um, I covered Iceland obviously because yeah. uh, uh, you know just those experiences. We didn't touch the Faroe Islands. I know South Sea Island people. I would love to include that someday. I wrote a Milo article. Uh, There's a man named Ari Ari Tuatepa who had given me hundreds of pictures of South Sea Island stone lifters. You know, a, a, a woman with a 110-kilo stone on her shoulder. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Strong people, people, man. Very some strong people. Right? Robust, some strong, strong people. people, yeah. But the point being that uh, we just wanted to give our personal experience for the book uh, and to do a little more in-depth uh, writing about what we knew about it. Um, there was gonna, there was gonna be a, a if uh, Peter, it was gonna be with Peter Martin and the two of us, uh, Peter Martin Jr. And I can tell you this that the afterburners on his research was astounding. Yeah. Um, you know, different different types of uh, things, but that he had brought up, and we talked about coffin roads and you know lifting stones in reverence uh, uh, to uh, to a person. 
And then, but over time, and then Roger Davis got involved, you know, the drip, uh, the, the dripping cave stone and all these other stones. But we, we just covered really more of the basic stones. Mm-hmm. And we did, because uh, Steve's, Steve's book was kind of more of a, Stephen and uh, uh, Steve's book of Stones and Strength was more of a, you know, kind of a, you know, six inches deep and a, and a mile wide because he kind of went on a lot of different ones. We wanted to go more six feet deep and a half mile wide. Yeah, yeah. You know, be a, <laughs> a little, little more specific and concentrated. Yeah. Um, could You know, would I like to have published the pictures from the South Sea Islands and those kind of things? And then, you know, uh, and I have some pictures from someone in Georgia, not the state, but the country, Georgia. They've got a great lifting tradition there. We, I didn't include those. I just went to the ones that we personally knew about and had right. been to more than once, and really, really dig into those things yeah. and, and get more in depth to the to the basic ones. So that was kind of the process, and we and uh, and we've we've made it a whopping zero dollars from the book. I think I think Martin gets a little bit here and there because we we didn't put a surcharge on it. We just it's it's still under thirty dollars on Amazon. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very affordable, yeah. It's the, it's the printing cost because yeah. the book, the, the book of that size and and photo color could have gone for uh, closer to fifty dollars. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so we just just said no. You know, it's uh, you know this is the this is the original broke ass sport, so we're going to keep it that <laughs> part of spraying the passion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think uh, also uh, I'd like to see more. Uh, so. There's always this this uh, idea to keep natural stone lifting and top top level strongman also. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I mean, you know, the whole story behind the McGlossian stones yeah. uh, that was from the McGlossian lime work in uh, in uh, Glasgow, and that's where that's where uh, uh, that's where Gregor uh, Gregor's father uh, uh, Doogie and uh, David Webster got the stones. And uh, had a, I've had a pleasure. I've had a chance to and lifted the original McGlossians too. That was talk about putting your hands on some history. Okay, because I guess for anyone who doesn't know, those were the sort of those precipitated the creation of the Atlas Stones, which are commonplace in strength competitions around the world now. So yeah, we called them we called them the we called them the, the McGlossian Stones, yeah. you know. But um, and uh, but you know uh, you know Steve Slater makes some beautiful molds. Just to give him a shout out, if if you want to make your own Atlas Stones, they call them right. now, which I think. That's a great term, by the way. But I think that uh, you know, natural stone lifting has its place, and particularly, uh, it does have a place still in strawman. Yeah. It could be its own sport. Yeah, you know, stone sport itself. It could be, but it it, it has its place in in uh, in uh, in strawman. So they, I've you know, every chance I get, I kick Colin in the shins about uh, doing natural stones. I think a couple times I've been able to, you know, get through to him about it and. Uh, keep that going um but it does work to show our history because the original world's the world's strongest man uh you know terry todd was the commissioner of power he's the one who you know came up with these these events and really wanted to pay reverence to the old strong man yeah. and so this is this is the original way to do that is through stone lifting yeah yeah, no, yeah. it's the original test of strength. And I, I think something, and we've seen it more and more now that sort of stone lifting has picked up this momentum, but seeing dedicated stone lifting only competitions. And there's been quite a few that have been held in, in Scotland, like uh, Jamie Gorian has held quite a number of those over the past year. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that I really appreciate, even uh, in the Arnolds when they had the Odd Hogan tombstone, you get these guys who are masterful 
strength athletes and often struggle lifting a natural stone that is something that is, you know, nearly or just above their own body weight because there's the puzzle solving aspect. And to your point about the Husafel, many people, they will look at a stone and give it a quick read and say, this is how it must be picked. I will try. If I fail, well, everybody I will try did it again. that way. What's that? Sorry. Everybody did it. That, everybody did it that way. Right. And so yeah. I'm going to do it that way. So, yeah. Right. So I'll I'll do what everybody else. Did. That's right. Well, and not listening to what the stone is telling you or trying to, you know, the uh, David and I were talking about this last week when we were lifting stones together. Is quite often you'll grab a stone and you'll you'll get your your hand on one good handle and that might be you know we said like maybe this is an eight out of ten handle. This is a great handle. But on the opposite side, across the balance of the stone is a one or a, a one or a two out of 10 handle, but you feel like, no, it's a good handle. This is how I'm going to lift it. But maybe you got to give that up and rearrange a stone, find a new point of balance and go with two, four out of 10 handles, because that's the way the stone is going to come up for you. And I think that that's what's so cool when you see them in these strength competitions is that uh, people have to engage their brain as, as much as their body to, to lift these stones. So. Yeah. I went to uh, there. We lived in New Hampshire. There was a stone that was in a park and uh, we took a we took a meter over to it. Uh, my friend Dana Florence and Eric said, "Hey, we took a meter to it, and it weighed four hundred and seventy two pounds." But it, it was a little bit long, and it did have an odd shape to it. And it was, and it, but it was a rough white granite, so it had you could definitely get your hands That's on it. Yeah. Yeah. It'd make you, it'd make you bleed. Yeah. And so I I worked on that stone for two years, and finally lifted it. Two years. That's I finally stood up with it and got it to chest height, and um, you know, fully fully standing up with the stone. By the way, the, the next week, four seventy two. Four seventy two. So the next, so the next week, madness. <laughs> the next week, these two. The next week, they. Uh, it, it was a little bit longer and had some, you know, had some grain on it. But the next week, it was uh, uh, it was incorporated into a wall. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was it. So I was I was the last excited. Man to ever lift that stone? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was excited to you know uh, to maybe drag it back home and you know yeah because <laughs> I, I I'm really pretty selective. I have a ton of stones here at the house that I've collected over the years, but um, it's it's a uh, um, you know it's something that's it, and again it's not how much I lifted or what I did. It's the it's that journey and that patience. Yeah. Two years. Two years, right? Two years. And there's no incremental way for you to see that success. It's not like you had a goal to deadlift 600 and every week you're adding plates. It's you're making a little bit of progress. It's coming a bit higher. It's a bit higher, but the, the test stays the same. Well, but that's, that's the other thing. How many, how many guys, you know, that um, uh, I've had guys come over powerlifters. Oh, I deadlift this and that, and they can't budge a 300 pound stone to save their yeah. life. Yeah. And then you go to you know, like uh, strongman and 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 you know and and I'm just stating what you know, um, Mateusz Kalskowski you know was just you know did four lifts to the shoulder mm-hmm. with the with the, uh, with the Ode Hagenstone and then you know deadlifts probably not his best event I'll leave it yeah. at that yeah so it's not a correlation there no. either no there's a there's a, there's a lot of different uh, aspects and components to it yeah. Yep. And you have to be able to really reach down and, and uh, get those stones and then have the the, the total body strength. You think, think a clean has what gives you all the different aspects. Man, stone thing. The other thing is that stone lifting did help me with the Highland Games, at least with caber toss. Okay. I feel yeah. like 
my caber toss kind of came up when I started getting good at stones. Yeah, I imagine that sort of explosive leverage from that crouch position that you need to get a stone from lap to chest translates pretty well. Yeah, and uh, so kind of that's a Highland Games kind of a thing that would that would allow you to you know to do that. Yeah. So it's um, it does have a lot of application. Uh, Chad Clark and I've been going you know the last couple of years have been doing stones and competitions at Highland Games. Cool. That's awesome. And to that, speaking of, you know, having us, and that's really popular. Um, it's very popular. I think because it's, you know, it tossing a caber, people know it's hard mm-hmm. um, or throwing a weight, but, you know, you've got a three or 400 pounds, you know, 250, 300 pound stone or 400, whatever, you know, or you're carrying stones that weigh, yeah. you know, several hundred pounds, uh, you know, on, on rings and chains. People get it. Just awesome. It looks awesome. It's a simple. It's a simple concept. You're lifting a big stone as kids. Everyone tries to pick up stones, right? But it's just taken to the umpteenth degree. Yeah. Everybody gets that. Yeah. And it, you know, the the speaking of the difference between barbells and and stones. You know, Steve said this, and he and I would talk, and we kind of came up with this idea that that uh, uh, barbells were made to be lifted. Yeah. The stones are defiant. Yeah. yeah. Stones are defiant. They fight you back. They don't care about you. Yeah. They don't have knurling. Yeah. They don't have balance. They don't have uh, they don't have any of the components that a barbell will have, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, you slap enough, you know, twenty kilo plates on the bar, you know, that ergodynamic stuff goes out the door, you know, it gets heavy but but it's still it's still a uh, it's still just its own singular thing. How many times you someone who's a you know, pretty good with a barbell and great with stones or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's funny. I, I mean, I, I I've lifted some decent sized stones, and I I don't have a strength background, but I do have a grappling background. I was a wrestler as well. I wrestled at national, international levels. And that's something I think if I could go back in time, if there was one cross training uh, implement that I would put in to increase my strength and ability as a grappler, stone lifting, especially Greco Roman style, where a lot of the time you're trying to pick up someone off the ground, can't touch their legs. You're trying to hoist them up and suplex them like stone lifting an an immovable object that you have to try and pick up. It would just the the cross the translationary strength there is just like, it's, it's absolutely perfect. So. Well, speaking of which, uh, the, the uh, Bulgarians, uh, you know, back in the day, they're pretty legendary wrestlers. Absolutely. And the, and the Greek wrestling teams, they actually did lift stones. Yeah. I don't know if they did now necessarily, but they did They did uh, years ago when they were, you know, particularly the Bulgarians. Uh, but they lifted stones. I can't say if the necessarily if the Russians did or anybody else, but definitely uh, wrestlers did lift stones. Yeah, hip, legs, glutes, forearms, wrists, back, like everything you need, strong to be a good wrestler. Not uh, absolutely sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I guess so another thing I was kind of curious because you had mentioned your son earlier, who at eighteen picked up the Husafel stone. I know he's also a Denny stone lifter. So with you and him being probably the first, other than um, you know Donald Denny and his father, father son combo to lift the Denny stones. Talk about what stone lifting has meant as, as sort of a family uh, endeavor for you and your son. Well, he grew up in it. I mean, uh, you know, I've got uh, video clips of him in a diaper watching World's Strongest Man and like kind of. Fl- and grunting and you know pulling out a <laughs> 10 pound medicine ball and he just he said so he got his teeth started like pictures of him i made little stones and fine little stones and yeah. so he got that natural feel for it um and uh if you watch that it, the video clip of, of him uh lift the stones lift the husafel stone he turned it sideways mm-hmm. right yeah yeah 
he didn't reach down and pick it up or stand it up and kind of swing it into your lap. Yeah. He turned sideways and locked his fingers yeah. up with it. And the Icelanders were very excited by that because that, that's the old way. And he, that technique was taught to us by an Icelander. That's the old way. That's why Peter, that's why Peter Goodmanson would lift uh, that stone, the Husfeld stone or the Drific stones. And that's the old way. Um, so that was just his, you know, having listened and learned these lessons and lifted. And he went to the Drific stone on the same day and lifted the full strata Drific stone, blew it away because it's much lighter. He just, just blew it away, just stood right up with it. I was like, wow. <laughs> but he turned it sideways yeah. and got it up and then rotated it and stood up with it. I mean, but that's the way the Icelanders did it. That was the old way. And so um, I think it takes more flexibility and athleticism, uh, you know, to, to do it that way. Uh, but for us as a family, he just grew up with it. And so he he dug into that 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 volume, and I'm standing there with him, talking with him, you know, and, and that was his 13th try to lift the stone. No way. And he just knew that, you know, if you stick with it, you warm up, you read it, you you get yourself in the place. And if you watch, it's very well orchestrated because he reaches his fingers around. And there's a little tiny groove. You know, the first time he saw the Denny Stones, he was four. I've got a picture of him and and uh, David Webster and I standing at the Denny's, you know, in the Inver Stone. And 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 then but and they've they've seen the Roosevelt Stone. They were like eight or nine. I don't know. They were really young. But he reaches around, got that and got a groove. And that was his handhold and stood up with it. And turned the stone and stood up with it and walked. So yeah, it was a it was a it's been a family you know family thing for us. So yeah, you talk about the Denny's and then the and then the Shanks and then us. That is that's pretty rarefied com company. That's right. Yeah. But Billy, Billy and I lifted the Denny's on the same day, which was a you know, right. and people were like, "Oh, I think Billy can lift them." I'm like. Pfft. He's going to kill him. He had the fifth longest hold in history, like 27 seconds or something. I said, if anybody's going to blow this, it's me. <laughs> I was sick the other time. I said, it was last year. I just turned sick. I'm like, if anybody's going to blow it, it's me. But he, he actually did. He did a great job. He just, he just did a great job. He's a very, very good stone lifter, by the way. Um, just very natural. Uh, got great leverages. Um, and just knows how to read the stone and pick them up. He knows how to lift stones. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Grown up with them, I mean, in many ways, like that's a pretty amazing legacy that you are leaving for your family and specifically with regards to stone lifting. But if you're talking sort of on a bit more of a, a global scale, what would you say would be in your mind, your greatest contribution or the most important contribution you have made to this now sort of more global stone lifting culture? Well, maybe just to have a, you know, help expose it some. Uh, I hope that I've contributed uh, the respect. And also, when I talk about them, uh, that I'm not talking about myself. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the, the people before me. Uh, you know, uh, David Webster, the Denny's, Hanks, mm -hmm. um, all these other, these other great stone lifters and, and people who, who have done so much more in the work. Maybe I've helped expose some of it and, and and keep it in light or bring it to light, but it's that's that's all it's about, you know. I just uh, I'm I'm a super fan. I'm a super fan. I'm not I'm not this you know not any kind of you know like you know unbelievably 
I'm not a half Thor. You know, you meet that guy in person, like, wow, that's the real thing. You know, whereas, you know, me, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. And I'm able to lift these things and, 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 and have the opportunity to travel and do them. But all I want to make sure is that people see that it's for everybody. It is, yeah. Every person should lift a stone. Yeah. I can only I can only lift a fifty pound stone. Pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody can do it. It's a, it's a very fundamental thing. Yeah. Um, it's not something that's that should be excluded. I don't I don't want to make it where it's uh, yes. Can you lift some of the historic stones? Because now so many people are doing it, and you know now women are getting to where they can mm-hmm. they can actually you know lift some of these stones and great i mean this if, if that's the if, if if that's the light you can shine on on uh, the the world and that's you know to the world from yourself then then do it you know accentuate your strength that's great but always do it in the right way and that's such a perfect message too because that's something we've tried to sort of advertise with this podcast as well is that it's you can find ways to contribute to stone lifting. You can find ways to build community like David and uh, Troy Pajara, who's at, at Beard and Boulder on Instagram. They created a group here in Edmonton where we do not have historical stones, at least that we know of. Um, they created the Edmonton Stones of Strength. And from that has precipitated a stone lifting community. New people have come in and learned about stone lifting and gotten involved and gotten passionate. They've been holding events. Like it's as simple as finding stones, advertising them, creating uh, tests of strength for other people. And uh, we'll make your own stones. Everyone can do make it. your own stones. Exactly. Make your own stones. Uh, uh, yep. The nickel stones, yep. the jack stones, yep. you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Make your own history because they came from somebody, you know, not God's, not giants, just men. And that's who it was. Donald Denny was a, was a living, breathing man. He was somebody who, who had his faults. He's not this superhero, you know, Louis, Louis Sear. He was a, you know, uh, he was, a, he was just a man, a man with exceptional abilities who has lived through the ages through these feats, yeah. but make your own history. Yeah. You know, uh, David never lifted any of these stones, but he is, he is the history because he, he resurrected them. Where would we be without David? Yeah. I went to a funeral last month and I just, that's all that kept going through my head was what would we have done without David? Yeah. He's, you know, he really helped preserve Highland games through the world championships, which I've been fortunate to be involved with, but, um, you know, stone lifting itself. Um, you know, he found the Denny stones, uh, found the Ember stone, brought, brought them to light, helped introduce stone lifting to world's strongest man and, and continued that journey. Um, where would we be without that? You know, um, and then doing the footwork to get those stones together. So if you can, if you can, if you want to have any part of this is to be, even if you never find a stone or, or a part of finding a stone, if you can continue that, continue that legacy in the proper way, or maybe make some things happen, doing it on a local basis, you know, is it, is it possible to, is it possible to expand stone lifting where more people have access to these things? Or maybe link it up where, you know, uh, Japan's got a stone lifting history. Stone lifting history in Georgia, the South Sea Islands, the Faroe Islands, Scotland, you know, uh, the Basque Country, Ireland, Iceland. It, why not the U.S.? Why not Canada? Make our make our own legacies. Yeah. And we actually, we have a, a page that we host and people send us information about new modern stones of strength they've created. And so now we have a centralized map of a, a lot of the modern stones of strength that are popping up all across North America. And it's 
the map is getting filled up quite quickly. So people can go and say, like, I can't travel to Iceland or the Faroe Islands or Japan to lift stones, but I can go over to Utah or I can go down to Colorado or I can go to New England yeah. and go do a stone tour there because people are creating yeah. these stones of strength circuits. Well, some of these uh, some of these stones are kind of closed off to uh, access too, mm-hmm. so it's you have to you have to you know find the ones that are okay. There's a stone in uh, in uh, New England that's uh, 200 kilos uh, that's on display. It was in a museum, and I went there and asked some questions and <laughs> picked it up on the platform. Since then, they, yeah, they just they didn't want to they didn't want to have it out. <laughs> that caused a little bit of a stir. I'm like. History is that somebody picked it up, yeah. so that's why it's here. So that's right. Yeah, so I I did, I'd made a on on the site decision to say, uh, and it, the story was that it was lifted by a freed slave, wow. a man who bought it, freedom, and it lifted this stone, and it's in Connecticut in a, in a museum. And I think they've locked it up since then, but you know, but the the point being, there can be history here. Make that history. Go ahead and start now, because in a hundred years. You know, what is the history? You know, <laughs> you know what is the history? I, I'll have to admit that one of the stones in, in uh, Iceland was a stone that had been lifted. And um, and Peter and I just I just call it the Peter Stein, you know, and it's it, you climb up a cliff overlooking a fjord. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's then uh, the Peter Stein and then you've got the uh, you've got the Fjolksfoss behind you, the mountain fall. 200 feet wide. I could send you a picture of me lifting that stone. It's broken. Someone broke it since then. Oh, and it's only, that. It went from, it went from about 210 kilos now to, uh, is legit 210 kilos now weighs about, uh, 175, but, um, it was a big block and you put it on a plinth, the most beautiful site you'll ever lift. But we actually just said, he said, wow, that was great. We lifted the stone. It was for the Icelandic, uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh the documentary we we're, were shooting. And I said, well, this is your, you, you know, you're the king of Iceland, so Peter Stein. You're still in, yeah. On the spot. Yeah. And uh, so, and now people travel around and lift it, and it's part of their, you know, culture to go lift it, and nobody knows the real story. Yeah. We made it up on the spot. It's named after a living, breathing man who walks around. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, and talking about history and legacy, like clearly your your legacy associated with stone lifting is quite well cemented. And so I'm I'm curious, sort of considering all you have done, what what still excites you about stone lifting? Is there a specific trip you would like to do, or a specific stone you've got your your eye on on lifting? Oh, I mean, I I can still lift some pretty heavy stones. I'd be uh, I'm, I'm being more practical these days. Mm-hmm. I'm 61. Um, you know, uh, I can still lift some pretty decent stones, but I like to see my son go after some of the stones. Uh, but I'd like to see more exposure to the Faroe Islands, uh, stones there, um, the South Sea Islands. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a festival on the island of Ruatua. I wrote an article in Milo about this. Um, and so they travel around the first week of the year, uh-huh, which is the middle of their summer. And they have a stone lifting tour, and they in each there's probably about fifteen stone sites, and every time they stop and lift the stone, they'll have a feast and some prayers, and it's and it's just it kind of gives the it's, it's the start of the new year. If, if the stones are strong and they lift the stones well, then they they're able to go uh, the rest of the year with a you know with a bountiful harvest, and the people thrive. So that's the belief. I'd love to go see that one year. You know, 
something like that. Um, Martins has done a great job. Martins, Lisi's, and Romar Weiss have done a great job of, uh, um, you know, doing some some documentaries uh, in yeah. China. Strength and yeah. Chinese, yeah. strength and known yeah. Chinese, uh, Japanese. I knew the Japanese stones were there, by the way, and I was really trying to get there. We couldn't. Uh, that was, you know, as a target for the rogue films for a while, but. Um, because that's how sumo started. Sumo started, with that, which, by the way, I'm a big sumo fan. If you want to watch something that's really, you know, about strength as a wrestler, I'm sure you watched it. Yeah. But oh, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of different places. No one talks about Georgia, and I think, I've, and and I will, I will guarantee, guarantee there are stones in Africa. Oh, absolutely. One thousand percent. I mean, there's, a, I mean, their wrestling culture there is deep. Mm-hmm. India, yeah. India has a wrestling culture yeah. yeah and also a lot of still yeah interesting stone lifting techniques there as well stone lifting there in pakistan yeah. stone lifting yeah man you know so what would be my dream i need to hit the lottery and just disappear for a Cut year course and disappear for a year hey yeah yeah just and uh and i need some i'll need some diplomatic uh, i'll need some <laughs> diplomatic uh, resolution for some of these places because they're pretty remote yeah um i'm sure the mongolians have some have a culture as well they do yeah There's so no- um actually romark weiss was on the podcast uh, episode seven i believe and it was a the night before him and martins were flying out to japan and we talked mm-hmm. and he had ta- talked to us about the the mongol stones they have there as well and just yeah. incredible feats of strength that some of those people do that's well, like moss the moss wrestling my you know uh, yeah. speaking of stones, my son was uh, uh made podium at the world championships last year in moss yeah Amazing. At 110, 110 kilo class he was 19 so that's pretty good that's pretty good but uh, the the idea though that um, uh, that they have in Yakusha, they have stone lifting as part of their training and competition with the moss wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Siberia. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it's uncovered in place after place after place. We talked about uh, Sweden, uh, also in Estonia. Uh, that's where you know, oddly named the Russian lion, but George Hackenschmidt, you know. Um, there are stones there. There are stones in Latvia. There are stones in in, uh, in Lithuania. There are stones uh, in Denmark that I've heard of. Um, you know, there has to be stones in France. There are stones in Austria. The stone in in Switzerland. That you know, you know, no question about that. Um, and that's they're just you know place after place. Uh, the um, um, you know, in different and in different ways, maybe with a handle like in Bavaria, right. you know, um, there are just stones in all kinds of places. So you can't tell me that there aren't other Alpine countries like Italy that doesn't have a stone. Uh, is there a stone in, in uh, the Pyrenees? I, I would guarantee there's one. Yeah. It's, a rock, it's a rocky place. Yeah. Near Spain, you know, near the, in, you know, in, uh, the, you know, the, you know, the Spanish territories near the Basque people. For sure. No question yeah. about that. Yeah, absolutely. There's got to be there's got to be a tradition there as well. Yeah, there's no question about it. And if there's not, if you're listening and you're from any of those regions, start your own because there are stones there to be lifted, and people will come and lift. Yeah, yeah, they will. Absolutely. They will. They want. They want. They want to uh, try their try their hand at something that uh, only maybe one or two people have tried. Exactly. Yeah. Can you imagine the you know can you imagine the thrill that it would be to. Um, actually, you know, lay your hands on a stone that is that is new, and then you can be on the ground floor of that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Absolutely, that, that can be very exciting. Also, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Dr. Bill Crawford, thank you so much. I just, you know, I mean, the future of stone lifting is bright. Um, this community on a global scale is growing. And a lot of that is attributable to the people like yourself who have been so inter- instrumental in reviving its past. And so for myself and the other people listening to this podcast, thank you very much for your contributions to this community and culture. Well, thank you and good luck. And uh, thank you so much for having me on. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be so kind as to leave the show a review and then follow us over on Instagram at stonesofstrength underscore podcast.